praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Let's praise Him with a hand clap. Everybody, let's thank Him for being in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Indeed, I am familiar with this campground. Uh, right over there, 42 years ago, the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. My good friend, Brother Tim Mahoney, sent me a few pictures. About 30 years ago, I was ordained here on this platform. I have seen thousands, I believe, gather in this place, their lives altered and changed. Hundreds of young people received the Holy Ghost, probably thousands. I've seen God do miracles in this place. I thank God for this campground, for this wonderful district. I thank God for the heritage that we have, those that have made the way for us to come and be part of Louisiana Camp Meeting. Nothing like it. Thank God. Thanks to the district board, Superintendent uh, Cox, for, uh, for the invitation to come. It is a high uh, honor. So many friends, thank you for your kindness to me through the years. And uh, thank you for your prayers and your, your love. My wife and I deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Acts chapter 12 will serve as my text this evening. Acts chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 and then maybe verse 10. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, Simon Peter, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. Some say that's 16, some say it's 160. Intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. He was going to execute him. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing. Of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. The tenth verse. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out 
and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. I want to preach on uh, this subject this last night of camp meeting 08. Two chains, two soldiers, and the warden at the door. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for its power. Thank you for your spirit that's already filled this house. What you've already done in this service. What you're yet to do. Now I pray your anointing. Make the word live by your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. They streamed across the stormy Atlantic in their creaking, leaky wooden boats. They came with their wives, their children, and their dreams to a new world. They founded colonies, set up governments, and though many perished, many survived, and their descendants made a nation. They certainly could not know that their dreams would be so deeply ingrained in the hearts of their children, grandchildren, and even to this day. How could those pioneering pilgrims that longed to breathe air in a free land know that they would turn on a light, that they would spark a fire, that they would found a nation that would profoundly change the whole world? as the first president of that new nation would say in his first inaugural address, that they had embarked on a nation that was not just for them, but for every enslaved human being around the world. Its greatest president would define that nation that they had founded and built as the last best hope for mankind. Glad to tell you that all these years later, that great nation that they founded still holds out the promise today that men and women may be free to pursue a life of their choosing and that the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness can be all mankind's. And more that this nation today still believes that these three inalienable rights that were granted all mankind by their creator ought not be for one race, one class, one group, but for all men everywhere, regardless of color, education, culture, language. Or standing. Let us not forget on this 4th of July that above all these brave pioneers dreamed of a nation, dreamed it possible that there could be a nation where they could worship their creator according to the dictates of their hearts. Though seldom taught to our children today the vast majority of those who came to this new land 
came because of persecution, hatred, and bigotry. Because of their love for God and for His Word. And the God they chose to worship, they were willing to lay their life on on the line for that privilege. They founded a country where above all, they could gather and worship their God. Praise His name in the way they believe the Bible teaches men to praise Him. Clap their hands. Quake under the Spirit. Shake under the anointing. Shout and dance in His presence. Because of their dream, I can stand in this pulpit tonight and preach Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. I can stand tonight without fear and say, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and your children and all that are afar off. Oh, thank God for freedom purchased at the price of patriot blood. Thank God for a nation where our freedoms extend far beyond those that others would call the basics. Uh, Freedom of press, freedom of speech, uh, right of assembly, right to bear arms and the most fundamental that we cherish the freedom to worship God in the spirit and in the truth and even though there are those who have proclaimed that we now live in post Christian America and there are those who would have us believe that Christianity's day has passed, that it ought to be controlled and set on a road to extinction. I'm glad to tell you that today more people than ever before are turning to the old-fashioned religion, tired of a world that has given them nothing but heartache and sorrow. They are turning to a God who offers something so much greater. They are coming to know him, not in dead, dry, formal religion, but they are coming to know him in the power of his spirit, in the new birth, new life, new hope, new way, knowledge of him. My friends, we are part of a tidal wave of apostolic revival that is sweeping not only our country, but the entire world through South America and Africa. It laps. 
perhaps on the shores of agnostic Europe, we're seeing Asia set alight with the power of the one true gospel. My friends, we are not going down. We are going up. The church is not losing its power. It rises to the occasion. It reaches further than ever before. We are part of the greatest revival the world has ever known. Some historians have labeled the 20th century as the Pentecostal century. If that is true, and I believe it to be, then all I have to say is, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Well, freedom, political freedom, freedom that we celebrate today in a democracy, in a republic is precious. There is a freedom that reaches far beyond political freedom. That thrives even under despotism and tyranny. For it's not the freedom of constitutions and congresses. It is the freedom of heart that comes. For if you continue in my word, Jesus said, then are ye my disciples indeed. And... Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Not a freedom granted by kings or potentates, but a freedom that comes when the word of God reaches into the heart of a man or a woman and breaks the shackles of sin and guilt and regret and liberates not just the body but liberates the soul to worship God in freedom. For if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Unless you've been set free from sin, guilt, and regret, you don't yet know what true freedom really is. For when He sets us free, we are free indeed. Free to worship. Free to praise Him. Free to live above our human failures and rise to walk a higher path. Free, 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 free of the peer pressure and the styles and dictates of the world. Free of having to be held in the bondage of sin. Free of the values that bring heartache and disappointment. Free to live and walk according to his word. Free indeed. It is hard to imagine then a more cruel irony than being imprisoned in the United States of America. 
And yet millions will spend this 4th of July, did spend it, behind prison bars, celebrating independence and freedom, locked away because of bad choices, failures in judgment. They live in the land of the free, but they wake every morning gazing through prison bars. Could there be a more cruel irony than to be shackled in the freest country on earth? Indeed, I can think of only one irony more cruel. And that is to sit in a Pentecostal service. Indeed, to be in camp meeting on the Louisiana campground. To feel the waves of Holy Ghost that flowed through this house a little while ago. I don't know about you, but when the preacher started that victory march, something rose up in me. I began to feel like anything was possible. Anything could happen. Miracles were within reach. I felt it happening in this house. Can you imagine the cruel irony of being in this service, in this tabernacle, on this campground, on this night, and not be able to lift your hands, to worship him, to feel his power, to receive his release for miracles, signs, and wonders. I've come to tell this district and this camp meeting that God wants to set us free. That we are not designed for prison houses, for shackles and stocks. We are made for liberty. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Herod, king of the Jews, judged that those who fought the fledgling church had more political clout than the church. So to please them, he tested the waters of public opinion by slaying James, the head of the church, with the sword. And when he saw that the political advantage outweighed the public uh, disgust, he decided to carry it further. And he arrested Simon Peter and threw him in prison. It was the time of unleavened bread. So his hands were held by the formal traditions of religion. He had to hold Peter in prison for a while before he could execute him. But he feared something. He 
was afraid of that preacher. <laughs> Maybe they told him about that silver or gold have I none thing. Where that fellow that everybody knew him, he'd sat at the gate crippled begging for alms for years. And that preacher and another one came walking up there and it was Simon Peter said, well, I don't have any money to give you, but I tell you what I do have. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And when he lifted him up, strength came to his feet and his ankle bones. And he walked and he leaped and he praised God. Maybe he thought that a preacher that can heal a crippled man might be hard to hold in a prison house. So he gave orders to four quaternions of soldiers. Some say a quaternion was four soldiers. Some say it was 40 soldiers, I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference. He said, be sure when I get ready to kill him that he's still in the prison. Be sure that somebody doesn't break him out. Be sure that he never gets loose. Because if the preacher gets loose. If he ever shakes off the shackles that I put on him. Church trouble. Difficulty. Discouragement. Fear. If I can hold the preacher in prison, I can hold the church in prison. So be sure the preacher don't get loose. So it's your job. To keep the preacher from breaking free. Seemed to work pretty good. Not sure just how long he was there. For a while, I know he could not break loose. When Easter's passed, I'll call him out, Herod said, before the people, we'll cut his head off. We'll get rid of him. And that way, We'll keep this church from getting loose. Four quaternions of soldiers. And the closer the day of execution came, the more careful the soldiers were. The more... They added 
security measures to make sure no jailbreak happened. The evening before the execution, evidently they took Peter and they put him in a ultra-high security area. It was in the inner part. There was that area with its own little prison. Then there was another prison wall that went around that area. And then there was the big wall with the big iron gate that went around that area. But even that wasn't enough. They took him and put him in the innermost part of the third ring of the prison house. They didn't bind him with one chain. Now you would think one chain would be plenty. But they bound him with two chains, just to be sure. Redundancy. You see. But even that wasn't enough. Now here he is. He's bound up with two chains. Locked to the wall. I kind of believe it was one chain on his hands. And one chain on his feet. Then they dispatched two soldiers one on one side and one on the other. Trained killers, if you will. Jiu-jitsu. And Kawasaki and all that other. <laughs> I mean, just in case somehow the guy wiggles out of the chains... They've got not just one soldier. They've got two soldiers. But wait, they're not done yet. They want to be sure there's no free, there's no breakout here tonight. So the warden, the keeper, in fact it uses the plural. Evidently they had a bunch of keepers. The Bible says the head guy, the keeper of the prison, stood at the door. I guess he figured, you know, if somehow he gets out of those chains and somehow he, that old preacher, that old fisherman, overpowers those two young soldiers, he'll still have to get through me to get out of the prison. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it seems to me that nothing on earth could set Simon Peter free. That there was simply no earthly hope for him. It would seem to me that there is 
no earthly way. He is not going to be executed in the morning. But thank God we are not dependent on earthly help. That our strength is not in horses and in chariots. There was no helicopters coming. No commando shimmering down ropes. There would no be there would be no controlled explosives uh, taking down those gates. There would be no delta team uh, that would come and set that preacher free. Never. But there would be something much more powerful and much more effective and much more certain coming for that preacher. Your situation may look hopeless and the devil may have whispered in your ear, I've got you now. I have planned it well. I've got you with two chains, two soldiers, and I'm guarding the door myself. And there is no way out. But I want to remind you that even two chains, two soldiers, and the warden at the door, there is still a way out. It's Independence Day. Why don't you declare your independence from the forces that would stop you from breaking free tonight? Two chains. I believe that means one on his hands and another on his feet. In other words... It prevented him from doing what he needed to do and from going where he needed to go. If the devil can get the chains of fear and doubt around our hands and our feet, he can hold us back from accomplishing what he has called us to accomplish. Those twin chains can make us timid in the pulpit, timid on our jobs, timid in our homes. But if we can shake them off, if we can forget what might happen and what the devil might do and who is against us and what somebody might think and what somebody might say. There is a liberty that is accessible and available to every one of us. Tell you something. Doubt will keep you in the pew instead of letting you get out in that aisle and get down to the front of the church. Doubt will keep your hands at your side. Fear will silence your tongue instead of declaring the word, the power, and the glory of God. But if we can break the two chains of fear and of doubt, the word.
yet what the church is capable of doing. Don't you realize the devil's scared of what you can do? He's afraid of what's going to happen if you ever break loose and lay aside your fear and get rid of your doubt. There is no limit. Oh, somebody ought to praise him right now. when my man once told me we had one of those Holy Ghost hoedown services made tonight seemed pretty calm and collected it was I mean one of those real ones and he didn't he didn't mean anything by it he wasn't being critical or ugly but he just told me he said I love this church. I love the singing. I love you, the preaching. I love everything about it. He said, but I just can't act like that. I said, well, first of all, nobody has to act anyway. We don't do this because somebody says we have to do this. We don't run, jump, shout, dance, clap our hands, sing loud, fast, make victory marches. We don't do this because somebody makes us do it. We do it because we're free to do it. Because we've been liberated. Because we want to do it. Because it is the result of sin being broken in our lives, of being liberated. From the fear of what somebody will think or somebody will say. We just have been set free. He said, but you don't understand. He said, it's just not my nature. I said, right. That's that's right. That's correct. But your nature... My nature, the human nature, will cause us to be lost. So God has made accessible to us a new nature. A brand new nature. And the amazing thing is, it's not just a new human nature. It's not just kind of a renovation of a human nature. It is access to the divine nature. It is to connect with the eternal for Christ to be formed in us. For the mind of Christ to dwell in us. It's not that we're better than anybody else, holier than anybody else, higher than anybody else. We're sinners saved by grace. But hear me, we are free to break out of our natures and connect with the divine nature of God. Paul 
Paul said, in me there is no good thing. But thank God I don't walk like I used to walk. I don't live like I used to live. I don't think like I used to think. Shake off that fear. Shake off that doubt. You can be free. God is trying to prompt me to tell you uh, there's miracles in your future. There is a move uh, of God uh, like you've never imagined. Uh, It will come uh, when you are free uh, from fear and doubt. Uh, Don't worry about what they say, uh, about what they think. Uh, Just step out of there and let God liberate you. Somebody's getting free. He don't care what you think. He don't care what you think. It's not on his mind whether you like it or not. That's not the point. God wants to liberate you. God wants to break you loose. God wants you to find freedom in the Holy Ghost. Now, thank God you don't have to do that to be free or I'd be in a lot of trouble. But you do need to get your hands in the air. You do need to get your voice broke loose. You do need to shake off fear. You do need to get rid of doubt. You do need to let the Holy Ghost flow free in your life. you shook off the twin chains you'd still have two killers to worry about there'd still be a soldier on either side of you the bible says they were on either side any way he went there was one waiting to stop him to block him to keep him from becoming free even if you got rid of fear and doubt you'd still have pride and discouragement Even if you break loose tonight, even if you get caught up in the enthusiasm of the moment uh, and you get something unusual from God tomorrow morning. Pride would say, boy, I don't know why. You don't have to act like that. You don't have to be like that. I don't know why I just kind of got caught up. Discouragement would say, that wasn't God anyway. He'll rob you of every good thing. He'll take.
take every move of the Holy Ghost away from you. He will rationalize every supernatural move in your life and in your church. He will rob you of every eternal thing. He will lock you in to human thought and human vision. He will make you doubt everything that God is doing. I have a message for you that pride must go. We must kick it out of our lives. We are one God. Jesus name. Apostolic. Tongue talking. Aisle running. Hand clapping. Leaping. Dancing. People that have been liberated by the power of God. We must never get so sophisticated that God cannot break into our services. We must never get so high and mighty that God cannot move us with the unction of his spirit. Yes, we're wealthy. Yes, we have big churches. Yes, we've made a mark on this world. But we didn't do it by our intellect. We did not do it by our skill. We did not do it by our intelligence. We did it not by might nor by power, but by thy spirit. It is the Holy Ghost that we have to offer. We cannot reach this world with bigger, prettier buildings, but we can reach them with the unction and the power of the Holy Ghost. And even if you shook off the two chains, and you somehow got past the two guards, the enemy of your soul would be waiting at the door of your cell. He has one goal, to take you to hell and everyone you can influence to rob you of every decent and good thing to take you as a preacher said where you never intended to go to keep you there longer than you thought you'd stay he will make you pay more than you'd ever thought you'd have to pay he cometh not but for to steal to kill and destroy he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may Devour. So here you are. Here we are. Trust up, tied up, chained up, worried, discouraged, fretful, overwhelmed by our problems, our situations, our family disappointments. Our own sense of failure. Two chains. Two soldiers. Keeper at the door. No way out. Then suddenly. The two chains were still in place. The two soldiers were still on either side. The keeper was still at the door. But somebody turned on the lights.
Somebody shine the light of hope. Shine the light of power. Shine the light of victory into that dark prison cell. I want to point out the chains were still there. The soldiers were still there. The keeper was still there. But an angel, just one angel. It didn't take a legion. It didn't take a regiment. All it took was one angel to show up and tell Simon Peter, get up. Get up! There's my message tonight. It's simple. It's plain. When you think there's no way out, when you think there's no help and no hope, don't just sit there and rattle the chains and look at how big and strong those soldiers are and listen to the accusing voice of the keeper. Get up! Just stand up. Just say, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not going to be overcome. I'm going to stand up. Stand up on Sunday night when nobody's doing anything. Just sitting there looking at you. Stand up anyway. Stand up on Wednesday night when the crowd is small and nobody seems to care. Stand up when you're under attack. Stand up when the enemy comes in like a flood. Stand up when all is dark and all hope seems lost. Stand up. I wish somebody would stand up tonight. I know you're standing up in the flesh, but I wish somebody would stand up in the Holy Ghost, would stand up and say, devil, you've had your way long enough. You've held me back long enough. I'm going to stand up. Simon Peter must have thought, get up. I got two chains on me. I got two soldiers on either side of me. I got a keeper at the door. What do you mean stand up? The angel said, stand up and put your shoes on. We fixing to go somewhere. Oh, you need to. You've sat there barefooted wiggling your toes long enough. It's time to move. It's time to march. It's time to get out there and make a difference in this world. We need to take what we feel on the old campground tonight and put it on the road. We need to march. We need to walk. We need to get up and get our walking shoes on. 
Devil's not as scared of you sitting down, but he's scared to death of you getting up, putting on your shoes. He said, put your shoes on and put your coat on. We're going out where it's dark and cold, but God's going to send the light. God is going to make a way. Get ready. Revival's coming to your church. Revival's coming to your town. Revival's coming to your village. Revival's coming to your family. Get up. Put your shoes on. Put your coat on. We're going somewhere. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God's fixing to do something here. I can't tell you how it happened because the Bible don't tell us. I don't know if they were faulty. I don't know if they weren't locked right. I don't know what happened. All I know is when he stood up, the chains fell off. Makes you wonder if he'd have got up yesterday. Or the day before, or the day before that, if his destiny wasn't in his own hands the whole time, I think it's time to get up. I don't think we need to wait for some other sign. I don't think we need to wait for some other action. I think God is saying, when you get ready, get up. When you want revival, get up. When you want to be free, get up. I know one guy waited 36 years when all he had to do was get up. And when he got up, his miracle happened. I challenge you, saying of God, get up. Get out of your lethargy. Get out of your victimhood. Get out of feeling sorry for yourself. Get up. The chains will fall off. Get up and go to church. Get up, pay your tithe. Get up, give your offering. Get up and worship God. Get up and believe. And the chains. Now, I don't know what to tell you about the soldiers. The Bible doesn't tell us what happened to the soldiers. I mean, one minute they were there, and the next minute they ain't there no more. The thing he feared the most, if I could get out of the chains, those guys, they'll make quick work of me. The thing that he thought was the most overwhelming just disappeared when he got up. You know, the perspective is a lot different when you're sitting. Things look a lot different down here. Have you ever noticed how tall folks look? When you're down here, how big situations seem. When you're down here, how tall Goliath is. When you're down here, 
how big, bad, overwhelming your circumstances are. But then, if you just stand up, they just shrink right on down. In fact, they're not a factor anymore. They just don't matter anymore. They're just not there anymore. Some of you just need to get up, look the devil in the eye, and say, get behind me, Satan. I got my shoes on. I'm going somewhere, and you're not going to stop me. Those soldiers just didn't have anything to say about what was going on. They just didn't have any part to play in the drama that was unfolding. Discouragement and pride can be banished from your life if you just get up, get your shoes on, and get with the program. The keeper, the keeper, the keeper is so brave when you got two chains on you and two soldiers guarding you. But when you stand up, put your shoes on, put your coat on, and head for the door. He quits yelling through the bars that you're no good. You can't do it. You're not going to make it. You don't have what it takes. He sees you coming, and he takes off running. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now that's if you just resist him. Reckon what he'll do if you kind of jump at him a little bit. Reckon what do you do if you start marching toward him. Reckon what do you do if you look him in the eye and say, Devil, I'm a coming. You've had my city long enough. You've had your way in my family. I'm a coming. And when I get my hands on you, greater is he that is in me than you. He went through the first ward and he went through the second ward. They were unlocked. All that time, he was held back by doors that were not locked. When he came to the great iron door, he didn't have to push it open. He didn't have to do anything but keep moving. Once you get the momentum up, there ain't no telling what's going to fall out of your path. What is going to move out of your way? Once he got going and came to the big iron door, it just swung open and he marched through. Okay, I'm about done. Here's my favorite part. Here's my favorite part. Here it is right here. This whole time, Simon Peter didn't really believe what was going on. 
Somebody said, man, if I could just get faith like Anthony Mann. If I just, if I could just get faith like Elder Barnes used to have, like, like Elder Mann, if I could just get just this kind of, Simon didn't even believe it was real. It was after he got outside and that night air hit him in the face. And he was totally free that he said, I thought it was a dream. It seemed too good to be true. So even if you don't have a lot of faith in what I told you tonight, even if you're not totally convinced that the chains will fall off and the soldiers will go home and the keeper will flee and the doors will swing open, try it anyhow because Simon found out dreams do come true. Just get up. Just put on your shoes, put on your coat, and let's have apostolic revival. Now, here's what I want to do. I know, I, I know the folks that are already up here are the folks that are probably pretty much already broke out. And it's the folks that are still back here. It's still got a chain or two. A couple of soldiers. Maybe the keeper's laughing at you through the bars. I tell you what I want you to do. I know you're standing. I can see you all across the crowd and nearly everybody's standing. I want you to get up spiritually. Now there's some that don't have the Holy Ghost and the devil's about convinced you that you just can't get it. That's a lie. Time to get up. Time to put your shoes on. Time to get your coat on. It's time to go somewhere tonight in Jesus' name. There's some that are sick and you've about resigned yourself that you're just going to be sick and you might as well get used to it. That's a lie. It just isn't true. I know there's a will of God, but let me tell you, by His stripes, we were healed. Get up! Put your shoes on. Put your coat on. The doors are already opening. And there are some wonderful saints of God, some pastors, pastors' wives, ministers and their wives that you've been bound. No fault of yours. Circumstances, situations. The enemy has come against you. People have been used to break your heart. You've struggled. You've wondered if it's ever going to get better. If it's ever going to be right again. If you're ever going to feel like you once felt. God made you some promises as a young preacher. And they haven't happened yet. And the devil has told you you were just wrong. It was just a pipe dream. That kind of ministry will never be yours. I stand against that lie tonight. If God promised it. It is still possible. All you can hear is the rattle of the chains. 
and the deep breaths of the soldiers on either side. The taunts of the keeper at the door. And it's drowning out every other voice in your heart. So, last night, last chance. Get up. Struggle to your feet. I know, I know you don't feel like you have the strength to do it, but just somehow, if you can just, if you can, if you could just, Just get up. You don't have to stand so tall. And you, and you don't have to get up with any, any kind of show of... St- Just get up. That's all the angel said. Just get up. They might have beat you. They might have left you broken. They might have covered you with bruises. You might be weak and unable. But somehow, in fact, just get up. That's all. If it's hands and knees first... If, it, if it's just pushing up with all your strength and maybe beginning and faltering and falling but trying again and falling and then trying just get up whatever it takes and when you get up everything so I know there's no room for everybody but there's room for more so if you're here tonight And you just want to get up. You're tired of sitting in that prison. Bound by chains and guarded by soldiers and taunted by the keepers. And you're ready to step out into a brand new world. A world of revival. A world of deliverance. A world of liberty and freedom. If you're ready, I challenge you to make your way as close to this front as you can to push through the crowd. They're going to begin to worship and sing something in just a minute. And we're going to step into the rest of our lives. But it's going to be different now. It's going to be a life of liberty and freedom. Whom the Son hath set free is free indeed. Now here's my last instruction. If you really can't get up, somebody will help you. If you'll look up to somebody near you, if you'll ask them to, they'll help you spiritually stand. They'll put an arm around your shoulder. They'll take you by the hand. They'll place a hand on your forehead. They'll help you stand up. They'll help you break free if you'll look around and somebody near you is struggling reach for them help them let's break loose tonight the doors are ready to swing open come on let's break loose come on God wants to set you free I hear chains rattling. Come on. Come on. Just one knee. Come on. That's it. Push up from there. 
Come on, hands in the air, in the balcony, all the way to the back. Heart lifted, hands lifted, voice lifted. We're about to get up in the old tabernacle tonight.